Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to episode three of Sons of Pitches. Hello, boys. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Lovely stuff, boys. So in this week's episode, we'll be going through the tweet of the week. And then we go on to ranking the top games we have seen, starting with our honourable mentions and then getting into the nitty gritty where we will be deciding what the top game we have seen collectively. After we've decided what the top game that we have seen, we will take the winning team from that game and placing it into this week's scenarios. And I hear you ask, what on earth are this week's scenarios? Well, we'll be looking at how certain players will fare as the leader of the world. Before we start and get ahead of ourselves, we also need to mention that the brand new Instagram is up and running. Bartley, what's the name for me? Sons of Pitches 66. Get on it, lads. And obviously, in order to stay up to date with everything that's going on in the football world, you have to be following that. And as well, the Sons of Pitches Facebook page is in development. So keep an eye out for that in the next couple of weeks. Without any more further ado, let's get on to the Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week was under a comment where it was suggested that Brendan Rodgers would be the best case scenario for Arsenal Football Club and the only man to to guide them back to glory. However, someone disagreed with this and this is this week's Tweet of the Week. They claimed... I honestly think Arteta is the right person. He needs experience around him and at board level. There is no experience age-wise off the pitch. It is the player's mentality. In the end, they control how they perform. So, lads, obviously we know that Arsenal crashed out the Europa League this week, obviously drawing 0-0 to Villarreal. And do you think that it's time that Arteta gets the boot? And do you think it's time for someone else to come and take the reins at Arsenal? Or is it a higher up issue within the levels of Arsenal Football Club? I, I'll tell you what, I think this is a this is quite an interesting one this week. And I kind of want to hear what you've got to say first, Kian, being the Arsenal fan amongst us. Sounds yeah, like you've got quite too. a lot to say about Kroenke as well with that little speech at the start there. Yep. Well, interesting subject. So obviously, we crashed out the Europa League. And there's no two ways about it. It was shocking. We, you look, we looked in, certainly in the first half, we looked like we were in control of the game when we were the ones who needed to be chasing the game. There was no aggression, no fight, no desire to get into the final third. Like certain players looked like they're having a pre-season friendly. Some of Arteta's tactical decisions were absolutely woeful. And there's just no other words to describe that. Most Arsenal fans, I would say, probably saw this as the only way to save our season. At the end of the day, we're 10th tenth or 9th in the Premier League. We're out of every other cup competition. And at the end of the day, Arsenal Football Club is a club that's willing to challenge for titles. I think Arteta taking off a Bamiang with 10 minutes to go after he had had maybe our two best chances on goal and was starting to get the ball to him because that was a problem. The ball just wasn't getting to a Bamiang. I don't think he had especially a bad game. I feel like playing a new formation for the most important game of the season was stupid. It completely exposed Thomas Partey, who I think, to be honest, has been getting a bit too much criticism. I think since he's been at Arsenal, he has shored up the midfield. I think it's kind of been culminating over the last last couple of weeks with the decisions Arteta's made. I think 
it's very hard now to suggest that he's the right man to take Arsenal forward when you're looking at their league position. I think at the end of the day, Arteta might be out of his depth, but the bottom line, I think, all comes from the top with Stan Kroenke. He, there was a statistic a couple of years ago which showed that here we go. So, Get ready um, for another hour-long special. So there was a statistic a couple of years ago which showed how much owners have put into the club. Stan Kroenke has put no money into the club and he's just benefiting off it. And it's absolutely ridiculous. He doesn't have a Scooby-Doo what the offside rule is. He's a joke and he needs to get out of my club. What do you think about um, that um, Ek, the, the Spotify Oh, mate, bring bring it on. Bring it on. I am so ready to listen to every Spotify ad so we can afford Mbappé. <laughs> I'm so ready for X to come in. And then you also have the backing of Burkamp, Henri. There's talks of Wenger coming in. You're getting the boys back together. It's like a take that reunion. I'm bloody buzzing for it. But at right. the end of the day, we're talking about the here and now and something needs to be done. Yeah. How long has yeah. it been since Wenger's left? I think he left, I think, three years ago now, is it? Is it only three years ago? Yeah. So they've nice. gone from like a solid top four team. Granted, they were always getting fourth, but they're always in the Champions League. So I think it's mad how we mate, took it we took it for granted that yeah, they're finishing fourth every year. I think what's happened to Arsenal since Wenger's left has actually just highlighted how good Wenger actually was. Yeah. yeah. But when you look at the teams that he had that he was finishing fourth with, it was actually a great job, isn't it? We're talking yeah. like it, that guy finished fourth with like Denilson in midfield alongside yeah. Coquelin and like Squillacci at the back. Like it was to an outrage. You say Coquelin, Coquelin was clock. Coquelin was a bowler on Thursday. Yeah. He ran um, the show for Cholton. That's not saying a lot. Cholton. <laughs> right. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the tweet of the week, boys. I feel like we got a bit off topic. Um, I think it's a bit of a weird one, right? Because. I mean, I get what you're saying, Kian, with like the whole Europa League and Xhaka at left back and all that. But I feel like Arteta has been a bit hard done by it of late with injuries. Like, and you said as well about taking a Bamyang off. Like, I can see why he did it. Like, it was the guy's first full ninety minutes back from having malaria. Like, you can't expect him to last the full ninety minutes. So I do feel a bit sorry for him in terms of that. Like, you know. Abamyang got malaria, like the captain Talisman. He's been out for a while. Lacazette was absolutely flying. He got injured and was out. And, and Ketty was the only recognisable striker in the team. So I do feel a bit sorry for him in um in that way. Tierney out as well. And then obviously Xhaka getting injured in the warm-up. But it is just like, is there any progression? I feel like you've you've had some performances against the bigger clubs where... It's looked like, oh, hang on, like Arsenal were right here. Like they've actually turned up. They've been much better against the bigger teams of late. But against smaller clubs, like how many times have they lost to like, I don't know, this season, like Brighton, Newcastle, teams like that. It's it's just not good enough. And I don't know They're if They're just there is so any... inconsistent. That's the yeah, issue. Yeah, Arsenal do need a manager. And I feel every team just needs to find a manager get him in with the ideology that the club wants and give him time. He's not going to get results straight away, but I feel like the the overriding point is, was Arteta ever the right man for the job? Like, how can you come in as your first managerial, just by, not assistant manager, managerial role at Arsenal, one of the biggest clubs in England, one of the most recognisable clubs around the world? It's, it's, It's a tough ask. I'm not a big fan of what all this at the minute, like Lampard at Chelsea. I mean, I feel yeah, he was unfairly yeah. treated. 
th- these are big clubs, like, and it's guys with no. You're getting in off reputation, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. exactly. For your playing never... days, like Wayne Rooney's been put in at Derby as the new head manager, and now he's having to fight a relegation battle after yeah. having no managerial experience. And I'm not being funny, but with Rooney specifically in that scenario, like. What does that guy know about a relegation battle? He's been like winning Premier Leagues, yeah. Champions Leagues with Man United. Now the guy has gone to the Championship and been chucked straight in at the deep end in a relegation battle. But to be fair, when he got the job, I don't think they were in a relegation battle. He was doing really well, yeah, no, They weren't. Well, no, it, it, they were already down there, weren't they? They were but, doing quite badly, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were well, down there. But the point is, is he the right man for the job again? Like, you're just throwing yeah. him in there because he's Wayne yeah, Rooney. I'm not yeah. being funny. If I'm Derby, I'm, I'd rather have like a Tony Pulis in charge trying to get me out of that. Someone who's been there, done it in the Premier League than Wayne Rooney's never managed before. To be honest, from an Arsenal fan's perspective, I'm not completely Arteta out because at the end of the day, I think some of the stuff he's done is great. You can't, you can't beat Pep Guardiola's Man City in an FA Cup semi-final if you don't know something about the game and we've beaten other big teams we beat Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Man United this season we've beat Chelsea yes they were going through a bad stint and that kind of put the nail in the coffin for Frank Lampard as I was saying I feel like it's very hard to argue Arteta's case apparently from what I've been reading the board is still behind him but any other manager who wasn't this young and had more experience you saw it happen to Emery like they they've employed Arteta for the future of the Arsenal Football Club, but if you had taken a more experienced manager or maybe someone who hadn't played for the club, they'd probably be gone by now. Yeah, to be fair, I think we are overrating this Arsenal squad. We still see Arsenal as this top four team who should be should be pushing for Champions League. But at the end of the day, if you look at their squad, it is it's a mid-table squad. I really um, don't think it is. I think on I paper... Don't, I don't, yeah, I don't agree with that. On paper, it I think it's a class squad. Do you really think that's good enough to get the top four? That's I, cool. feel like, I feel like it's good enough. It's definitely better than a fucking mid-table, non-Europa yeah. League tenth No, team. I don't... Well, you're, I, trying I to tell me, you're trying to tell me teams like West Ham, Wolves... West I'll Ham's Everton... squad is not as good as Arsenal's. No, I would even Man, argue Arsenal, Leicester's especially squad, Especially in, in, in attack, Arsenal... Leicester's is, squad is definitely better than Arsenal's. No, Leicester's, Leicester's, squad, like Leicester's, Leicester's squad plays better than Arsenal, but on paper, that player-to-player, man-to-man, I wouldn't say they're better than Arsenal. Well, I don't know. I, I wouldn't... Leicester don't Be necessarily here, have a deep man. squad, but their starting eleven, I would say... They've got a deep like enough squad. They've been rinsed with injuries this year, and they've... Yeah, a, that's that's like, really actually been year. one of the most unreal stories from this season. I mean, Brendan Rodgers has done unreal there as well. What do you see for Arteta's future and what do you two think will happen? I mean, what do you hope I will happen? What do you think will happen? Well, the, Definitely the give him another summer. This is, but this is, the, this is the hardest thing with managers is as soon as question marks start getting raised, you say give him another summer. But I mean, I know Cronky isn't exactly the most like giving, giving money, like pile of money at him, but... Do you want to give him another summer of funds and then he goes out, wastes it, and then he's sacked by January? And then yeah. all that money is for nothing. A new manager is going to come in and want a brand new squad. It is a tough one. The thing is, oh, it, now he's there and the board have said that we're backing him and like he was put in as a long-term plan. I feel like they are going to stick with him. See, so he he's not going to get sacked soon, I don't think, unless something, he does think bad. Can they wrong. even afford to sack him? Yeah, surely. It's Arsenal, they're, they're, oh, yeah. they're like not in debt okay. at all. We had to fuck off the Gunnosaurus, mate. Yeah, but that's just because Cronky is, is having none of it, isn't he? Yeah. Coronavirus, isn't <laughs> Why it? did you fuck off the Gunnosaurus? What was that about? Could you not afford him? 
Yeah, apparently. No. To be I think fair, he was getting paid quite at a bit. At the time, at the time, they did have Willian on like 300 grand a week. Ozil we still get paid more Willian or Gunnasaurus. We're paying, we're paying 90% of Ozil's wages. Who deserves it? Who deserves it more? Um, we're paying 90% of Ozil's wages till the end of the season. No way. Yeah. No way. Oh, that is sore. What's our, what's our final thoughts on the tweet of the week? Mm, the thing, I think I think it's a tough one this week. I think oh, the the the, the, the results haven't been consistently good enough. There's been too many losses against small teams. He's improved Arsenal's performances against big teams. He has. Um, oh, I think he, he. I think they will give him more time. I think he should be given more time. Um, I mean, you need to give, especially considering it's his first managerial role. The guy needs to learn. He's not going to be the finished article straight away, is he? So, I mean, I think he will and should be given more time. I think the real issue is he should never have been appointed in the first place, to be honest. That's yeah, I agree with that. So I think he was the wrong man for the Charlie job. Said. Pretty yeah. much. I think he was the wrong man for the job in the first place. But now he's in there. I don't think he's done... He hasn't done a great job. But I don't think he's done bad enough, bad enough of a job a trophy, to get him out to be fair. Yeah. Which so that's win? FA Cup. Did he win the FA Cup? Yeah, that was a that was a good run as well, didn't you? Great, great football knowledge for a football podcast is what we love to see. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Literally happened last season, but um, yeah, no, I'll just I'll just say I think I I like Arteta, but I think he's cutting it very fine now. Um, and to be honest, the main reason I wouldn't sack him is because. I don't really see anyone as a viable option at the moment who yeah, would be open to leave. So I that's think that's kind of my final point that we won't be able to get anyone in who's good enough to replace them. So We're getting on to the main segment of this show where we'll be doing something slightly different this week. You won't be listening to us pick our favourite Euros teams that will bring it home. This week, we'll be discussing the best games we have seen on television, starting off with each of our own honourable mentions and then getting to the nitty-gritty and each putting forward one game in which we believe it is the best game we have seen on, on TV. Then we will come to a verdict and once we have decided... That winning team will be placed into this week's scenario of types of world leaders. So without further ado. All right. So without any further ado, Matthew Bartley, do you want to kick us off with your honourable mentions? Uh, yeah, cheeky did a little disclaimer. We were all born late 2000s and early 2001. So, yeah, we, wouldn't, we can't be commenting on anything that happened in the early 2000s and late 90s because we weren't born. Do not remember it. My... Two honourable mentions. I've gone for Wales beating Belgium 3-1 in the quarterfinals of the Euros. I just feel like that was the best underdog story going. I, I loved it. It was just so tense for a minute one because I feel like every time Belgium got the ball, like you'd expect them to score, basically. It was just... And they had a lot of the ball. It was, it was very much a Belgian-dominated game, that game. And that robson Carr new goal, when he... He turned and sold like three oh, players the same dream and just stuck it bottom corner. I like Robson Carnu, the Gizu players on the bench or West Brom. I just think that was a bit of a magical moment. Yeah, it was a class game, that favourite international game. Uh, my second honourable mention, I've gone for, it is very early, but I think this is probably one of my first memories. Um, I've gone for Istanbul, Liverpool beat, uh, oh, really? beating AC Milan on penalties. Yeah, because I do kind of remember it. 
I remember like vaguely the game. I remember the penalties well, actually. But yeah, that's like the another great underdog story. Liverpool shouldn't have really got to the final. If you look that at that, like, team as well was a different. Oh, it was insane, wasn't it? And that Liverpool team was pretty ropey. It basically just had Jamie Carragher, Stephen Gerrard, Stephen Gerrard, and that Garcia bloke up front. They had no one else. <laughs> Jersey Dudek in the sticks. He's quality. Yeah, just another great underdog story. I thought he would have that number one, but I just don't remember it too well. Yeah, so, yeah fair play. It was a class game, though. Obviously, as Absolute I said, I don't classic. remember it, but yeah. like you watch your replays and you reminisce and like, yeah, just the nostalgia and everything like that that comes with it as well. Yeah. It's just class. Yeah, I bet yeah. that would have been great to witness at, at the time, like properly. Um, I'm just looking at how they got to, sorry, I'm looking at how they got to the final. They scraped through against a club called Grazer AK in the third qualifying round just to get into the Champions League. Then they scraped through the groups on like level on points of Olympiacos who came third. Looked like losing to Monaco who came top, who ended up doing nothing. And then, yeah, every game from then, they beat Bayern Leverkusen 6-2 actually in the uh, last 16. But then from then, they beat Juve by a goal and Chelsea by a goal. Like, they, they shouldn't have got there basically. It's just mad that they got to the final in the first place. Never mind why it. No, that that is an absolute classic. Um, right, so I've gone for three honourable mentions. So the first one I've gone for is 2017 Champions League round of 16, PSG Barcelona. PSG won four nil first leg. Everyone thought it was an absolute. There was no way Barca were coming back. Then second leg at the new Camp, Barca go three nil up inside 50 minutes. It was starting to get that Champions League night feeling then Cavani scored the away goal in the 62nd minute and that everyone thought that killed it off then 88th 91st and 95th minute goals led to Barcelona winning 6-1 and um and going through on aggregate um Sergio Roberto scored the winner didn't he uh no yeah yeah he did 95th minute yeah, yeah. and Neymar scored a brace in the 88th and 91st yeah I mean, you know, what do I, what else do I need to tell you about that? Turning around a 4-0 deficit from the first leg against a team like PSG in the Champions League, that's got to be up there. Um, yeah, the other one I've gone for, um, 2019 semi-final, corner taken quickly, Origi, Liverpool-Barca, oh, yeah. Barcelona, yeah. giants of European football, 3-0 win at the new Camp in the first leg. Second leg, Liverpool four nil. Turn it around with the that pit, that legendary piece of commentary that's come come out of it. Yeah, and then Marv won Champions League quarter final. Barca involved again, to be fair, in all three of these. This time losing with uh, Roma when Barca beat him four one in the first leg at the Camp. Yeah. Then they went to Italy second leg and Roma done them three nil and it was like that talk about underdog stories, Bartley. How unreal was that? And then, um, yeah, all the Roma fans steamed the pitch. I remember seeing the celebrations after. And, that's and the commentary as well. Commentary is always great for those, though, isn't it? Champions League yeah. night turnarounds, you can't go wrong. But best thing about football for me, Champions League, big stage, doing it on the big stage after a massive deficit, all the odds against you, can't go wrong. That's why all three of mine, big Champions League comebacks. Yeah, they're great calls. 100%. So on to my honourable mentions. Again, I have three like Charlie. One of mine was the same as yours, Liverpool Barca. Just class, the way... Who was it? Did Origi or Wijnaldum get the first? No, it was Origi. Origi the first one. Origi got the first and Wijnaldum got two. And then Origi, corner taken quickly. quickly. Was it Wijnaldum's header as well? Yeah, Wijnaldum's header. And just 
Like you literally see Barcelona, like they're looking shaky, crumbling, and yeah. and I just loved like the story around the game as well. How all the Barcelona fans were giving it that Vidal was something to say, give his left testicle away if they lose. Um, Sergio <laughs> Biscuits um tweeted that we're ready for tonight just before the Liverpool game, and he hasn't tweeted since. Like no it's just it's just class. It's the class. Other... You see, I've got an honourable mention, but I couldn't decide between the two games. So, um, so I'm kind of counting this as one. And so the first one, England versus Colombia. Oh, so and great. I just remember us, all of us in the Memories. pub, so good. watching yeah. that, the penalty shootout, legs like jelly. Do you, I remember and... turning to you when Henderson missed the penalty key and being like, that yeah. was it, that was it, we're done. <laughs> oh, and then like literally the penalty, oh, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. It was so unreal. Good. And Jordan just Pickford, like, man the camaraderie and just everything and like how dirty Colombia were the whole game. Mina, who had been just a prick the whole game. I don't even remember the game, to be honest. I remember the goal. I don't remember a single thing about the game. Yeah, I know. It was was a big night. (laughs) But yeah, and so... I I think that game shows that like it doesn't have to be the best game of football for it to be a memorable game of football. That's football's more than that. It's just like, it's the tension. It's like... 100%. Even still, first England win at a major tournament on penalties yeah. as well. It's um, yeah, that, that's then, a, that's a nomination in itself. And then, so that's probably my honourable mention for that one. But then also, kind of an honourable honourable mention, um, England Croatia. We obviously lost, and so the oh, lows at the no. end of the game. Oh, are you putting us through but, this? But I've never been so much when that trippier, when that trippier free kick went never in. Never forget it. Never forget it. Like that was a top moment. Honestly. Sunday. Honestly, I don't. I've never, I've never felt something like it, and so I, I was just putting that in just because of the nostalgia, and then one that I literally just thought of right now. So this is off the cusp, but I'm now, I'm now arguing that it could be first, and that's 2011's Champions League, Arsenal v Barcelona. 2-1. I remember it, to be fair. We lost the tie, oh, but yeah. this was literally against yeah, prime like Guardiola, yeah. Barcelona. We go 1-0 down. David Villa scores in the 26th minute. It's looking like same old, same old. We're always going out to Barcelona. And then Robin Van Persie, a lovely finish, 78th minute. And then breaking, Andrea Shavin fucking slots the winner. And the it's commentary just mental. On the commentary yeah. on that was great as well. The Arshavin, that was great as well. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, oh. I actually do remember that. Those are my three honourable mentions. And then we're getting on to the number one spot. Bartley, on do you want to start us off? Ones. Number one spot. I feel like we might have the same number ones. I've I reckon gone, I've got the same I one don't as Bartley. Go on. I've gone City QPR. So have I. Now, yeah. I how was, you, how that is, not, I was, I was. Talk about commentary. commentary I was City QPR. But I didn't actually watch the game. I was what I was you doing. You watched the game. I was watching I had split it. Screen. Because, yeah, we never we never had Sky Sports back then. So oh, I was watching because Sky Sports yeah. News was free. I was watching oh, yeah. Good old days. that, the like um soccer soccer oh, Saturday, geez. and so and that was class to be fair. Like yeah, Patel I think that'd be just as good. Yeah. But um, that's what like, I was watching. Yeah, just class. Right. That's one of the. That's got to be one of the the best games that has ever happened. Oh mate, it had it all. Yeah. Honestly, second half, it had sending off. Joey Barton sending off. Which Joey Barton got sent off and then, and then like kicked Aguero for no reason on his way off. Yeah. The pitch. <laughs> Incredible. Was then this when with QPR two one up. 
No, it, that was at 1-1. Then with 10 men, Jamie Mackey scored and yeah. made it 2-1. Yeah, and then it was like, all like, like how City fucking this up? Like, 2-1 third, for like, yeah. Yeah, they had it was ninety second minute, I think it was. But yeah, they like hadn't um they like Who scored the second? Uh, yeah, from corner. Corner, yeah. Cause it was like how City fucked this up, like against Man United, they haven't won a trophy in however long. They're like on the brink of the Premier League and they're losing two one to ten men QPR. Then Jekko scores ninety second minute, gets it gets it to that tenth point. The full-time whistle goes at United. All the fans are listening to it. You get that like iconic bit, like the, all the players are on the pitch. Ferguson's listening to it, and in 95th minute, Balotelli, Aguero, yeah, incredible, incredible. I think I think it's hard to argue with that, just because of the um, gravity of the situation, and with Manu winning and it all going right, literally yeah, right to the death to the final well. kick. And and the scenes after the game, because QPR thought they were down and they had actually stayed up. So both fans were celebrating on the pitch, oh. even though QPR had lost. So all the players were celebrating together, so that was class. The best game I've watched is Arsenal v Hull City, oh, 2014 mate. FA Cup final. Arsenal yeah. v Hull City. That's because, just purely because you're is an that Arsenal when fan. Whole went no, no, it is. Yeah, no, it is. It is partly because I'm an Arsenal it was, fan. It was an unreal comeback, to be fair. It is because I was an Arsenal fan, but that ended our nine-year drought without a trophy. Yeah, and it was two 0 It was like, oh, how have Arsenal fucked this up again? It was two 0 after eight minutes. And then Kazola scores the free kick in it. That was a class free kick as well. And then Kashelny. Kashelny gets the ball. The ball goes in from a corner. Kashelny scrambles it home. Pretty sure twists his knee. Able to go to two-two. Playing, playing, playing. No goals in the first half of extra time. Second half, um, gets the ball to Giroud. Giroud back heels it. Aaron Ramsey had been class, class all season. Bang, yeah. bangs it home. First trophy for however many years. And just, uh, I just remembered watching it. I remember watching it at home, and like I. I don't think I was with anyone. I was just getting depressed. This is me, my little 13-year-old self. And and then, yeah, we just well, we just bagged it home. And and so this was proper um when I was watching Arsenal and just, just like it's the first taste that I had had at my club winning a trophy. And that's different because obviously you boys are slightly lower down in the league, so you would obviously be ecstatic, but you have different, playoffs. You have different playoffs. you have different emotions when you're watching your teams and there's different expectations it's as sadness. well. And so this is the first time I'd actually seen my team achieve what was expected of them. Yeah, I can see why you picked it. Being That's the thing about that game, but it was it was expected of you to win the game though. Yeah. I mean the fact you struggled. But it was also expected for Man City to beat QPR. Yeah, this is true. That's a good point actually. I'll give you that one. Oh, yeah. By the way, boys, before we pick this, I just want to chuck out one more honourable mention that um, I forgot about until just now. Um, the Troy Deeney goal for Watford in the playoffs. Yeah, final yeah I watched Wednesday. that. Just got to chuck out a cheeky little uh, championship team, boys. Get one of them in there. Um, how unreal is yeah. that, man? I yeah, mean, that was class. Was Again, like, talking about great right commentary. Yeah. It always, there's always great commentary in these games because it's the it's the incredible moments but yeah um i think leicester won one nil first leg and it was two one second leg so it was going to extra time because obviously there's no way goals in yeah that. 
in the playoffs. Knockout um, dived, didn't he? Knockout dived, wasn't touched, won the penalty, um, stepped up, took the penalty, the penalty himself. Almunia saves the penalty. Oh, and he another Arsenal legend. Comes in for the follow-up. Almunia saves that as well from like point-blank range. Break down the other end, goes out wide, gets whipped in, headed down, and then Dini thumps it home. Incredible. So it was a few another years old, but still the story's unreal, isn't it? I think another old mention's got to be Bradford beat, um, beating Arsenal on penalties to get to the champion, oh, uh, the League Cup. Cup final. Mate, that season... Where they, they went 1-0 um, up as well, and then Arsenal equalised last minute, and you're thinking, yeah, Arsenal going to run away with it now. And it took it to penalties, beat them 3-2. I don't even season, remember that. I can't that even Chelsea do, as well. That season, they Seriously? beat Chelsea 4-0. Yeah. Like, the, the, I think the round before they beat Millwall as well, 4-3. No, or was that in the They might have beat Millwall and Chelsea in the FA Cup. Not they the beat Chelsea Cup. in the FA Cup. I don't no, remember. They beat Arsenal. Chelsea. Hey, they Bradford. beat Chelsea in the FA yeah. Cup. Sure they beat it was 4-2. Chelsea I'm pretty sure it was 4-2. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Because they um, went 2-0 up. Maybe. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was definitely the FA Cup because Millwall drew with Bradford, went to a replay. Then we lost 4-0 to Bradford in the replay. Then the next round, they beat Chelsea. Yeah. Four, Whatever, maybe four one actually. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, on on to the matter at hand. I I love this. I love this game, and there's so many memories that come from this game, from all the goals and everything like that, and the emotions. But even though I didn't technically watch the game, the emotions and everything that came with City beating QPR, I'm I can't yeah. really even argue it. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know how you can't put that as number one, to be honest. I mean, outrage. Probably the best ending to any Premier League season ever. 100%. 100%. And I'm not sure there will ever be an ending like that again as well. That was just top tier. Slightly coming full circle as well. Slightly yeah. coming full circle that we're deciding this and obviously Aguero's leaving. Such an integral yeah. part. No, yeah, but it's actually mad when you think about it, like... We've had chats another week about like how money's come in and like changed football, but like teams like Chelsea obviously only got good when Abramovich took over. But like this era of City's team with like Aguero leaving spells like the end of their like first actual set of legends. Yeah. Like company, David Silva, Aguero, they're like City's legends now. Like they are, I mean, outside of like their old, like not very good ones, like Richard Dunn, Stephen Island. They're like City's old legends. Now you've got now you've got the real Ireland. (laughs) 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 For me, you've got to put that City game as number one, to be honest. So we'll get out that City team and then we'll move on to the next section and last section of this week's episode. On to our last section of the episode and the section you've all been waiting for is obviously the scenarios. So here we will take the Man City team, which I can list off now as Joe Hart, Zabaleta, Vincent Company, Jolie and Lescott, Gail Clichy, Samir Nasri, Yaya Torre, Gareth Barry, David Silva, Tevez and Aguero. And on the bench we have Pantillamon, Richards, Milner, Jeko, Kolarov, Dion and Mario Balotelli. We'll be using all of these players and putting them into these scenarios. Once again, Kian, I forgot what you said the scenarios were because I listened to it half an hour ago. The scenarios for this week is how the players will fare as certain world leaders. So, without any further ado, we'll be putting in Man City's title-winning team and placing them in this scenario. So, first of all, we have 
the pussy world leader. Now, this is a bit of a pushover, easily led, easily manipulated, easily controlled. Lads, who are we saying? I think I've got mine out of doors. I I fancy for this one, Sami Nasri. I feel like he's he's just a bit bit easily swayed, isn't it? Chuck him a couple, chuck him a couple bills here and there. Geez, will do whatever you want him to. Yeah, I, looking I, at the team, they're they're very like just judging by the media and anyway, they're very strong personalities. I've heard think- Sami Nasri as well was a bit of a a bit of a prick. I've heard that. Um, yeah, I've heard that. It's been he a was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wanted to get a bigger prick as well, didn't he? I would also say um, David Silva. I no, mean, I think he just seems nice. I feel like, I feel nice like, guy, yeah, I feel he, like, yeah, he does seem a bit nice, but on the pitch, I think he is a leader. I feel like he's got that competitive edge about him. Yeah, I've, I've got a lot of time for David Silva. I think he'd be a bit of a I do have a lot of time. Oh, mate, hang about. Jolie and Lescott. That gives him the biggest wet wipe going. What makes you say that? I just... I don't know. <laughs> I've seen him in League of Their Own. He had no banter about him. And he had like, some weird DJ set at the end and he was an absolutely shy. It was awkward. He is weird. So, Pantillamon as well. He's just a no, weird bloke. One he's person I don't, I don't think would be in this category, but he deserves a shout out just because of the video. Um, Joe Hart. The decent video. He just deserves... Yeah. His name needs to be put out there. One yeah, of the worst 100%. videos I've ever seen. Um, yeah, I, I would say... I've, I, I would Nasri, still go Nasri because yeah. he just he's such a little weasel, isn't he? Such a little, that is the, that like is the, exactly how you define him. Yeah, right. I think that's cut and dry, boys. And then well, on to number two, and we have the most likely to be a corrupt world leader. So this is one who likes to make an extra buck on the side, likes the little under the table deals, like likes the if you rub my back, I'll rub yours kind of guy. Who are we saying, lads? Carlos Tevez, I'm going. I was yeah. going to Tevez That well. is straight, only in it for himself. He, he's, he's a bit dodgy. Remember when you refused yeah. to come on? Yeah. Like, the game's getting played like 200 grand a week. And, and he switched Manchester's. Mate, yeah, you've he got, he's got untold that. stories. You've got the whole West Ham scenario where, like, him and Mascherano signed and they, like, didn't have, like, visas or something. Just <laughs> so, something like that and West Ham got fine loads of money for it. He's then, yeah, the you've corruption. got... Him playing for United for years, moving to City, scoring and like going mental, celebrating in front of United fans and shit. Yeah, I think Tevez is the man for this one. Definitely. I would also like to, I think he's maybe better suited to some of the other categories, but Balotelli as well. I don't, yeah, no, I, I can't think really Balotelli. trust yeah. him. It's a bit of a character yeah. assassination saying you'll be corrupt in it, but looking at the team, yeah, a decent few. Who else? Who else should... I don't trust that. Yeah, though. a bit shady. Bit shady I, kind of guy. Again, I'm putting it out there. You're going to have to look at Nasri for this, but I think just because he's the last one, I wouldn't. He's, done, yeah. I think he's just, just so easily led, isn't he? Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, I, I reckon Tevez, to be honest. That was my initial reaction, and Bartley said it straight away as well. That yeah. was my feeling. I can't really see anyone. I don't think Gareth Barry would. I think he'd be straight down the nice. Yeah, anyway, back to Barry. I'm putting it out there. He seems like he'd be nice and straight down the line, but let's not forget the West Brom taxi saga, lads. He did nick a taxi. He did nick a taxi. Barry's fingerprints all over it, boys. He did nick a taxi. It was like all the old people in the team. Yeah, it was like Boas Mayo. How is Boas Mayo robbing a taxi? And all of them had been saying, aren't you more like Gareth Barry? Like the yeah, manager, he, until he, he found out that he nicked the taxi. So maybe he is. He acts like he's proper straight down the line, don't he? But that's just a cover up. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah nicking a taxi and being corrupt is quite. It's how it starts, yeah. Barley. It's how Move, it starts. Moving from City to United oh, no, and being okay. corrupt are yeah. two different things, bro. It's how nah, it starts. That, Tevez, Tevez is just dodgy, but Barry has that kind of. He's, Barry's he's, smart about it. He's smart about yeah. it. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. Everyone likes him. Thinks he's the nice geezer, but he has been on about the weekends, it well, he's taxis. He hasn't yeah, got he much has. loyalty. He's most, he's most Premier League appearances, so he's clearly yeah. doing something right, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he stick around yeah. that long. He's got his fingers Tevez, in a couple of pies, he does. It's got to be Tevez. I like Barry. Got to be yeah. Tevez. I've got a lot of time for Barry. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Barry, but I don't trust the geezer. There's just something about him. He's an honest geezer. But we, One we of them. Will... Just keep an eye on him. Just keep an eye on him. We will be putting Carlos Tevez. So, on to number three, and we have most likely to be a war hungry world leader oh, I feel like there's a so this is one who kind of likes a scrap he likes to swing his bollocks oh. around he thinks he's a big man on campus there's only one name for the job then isn't there you'd reckon Balotelli wouldn't you mate boys I, I know this is the one that swings to mind but I fancy Nigel De Jong I like Nigel De Jong he likes CDM, a kung fu the kick geezer, doesn't he the geezer's head was not there I mean someone that does he that in like the 20th minute of a World Cup final is not is not to be overlooked, boys. But well, I think, think Mario Balotelli does it consistently. He is hot headed. Have you seen the what Ricky is... Lambert's just said about him? How no. if things weren't going his way during Liverpool training, he would just lose a plot, start kicking the ball away, and scoring own goals if it weren't going his way in training. Oh, he's such a child. <laughs> thing no. is, though, he does some other stuff that you think but... like he's actually a joker and a sound bloke. This I remember the time he dressed up as Santa and gave a presents to the homeless in Manchester. This is the thing, yeah. Like, I don't think he's... I don't think he would necessarily be war hungry. I think he's just like... He's just like not all there. I think the geezer just like yeah. does what he wants. I don't he's think he'd child. be war hungry. He set off a firework in his room and like set it alight in his toilet. Like, <laughs> what is he doing? You're telling me that's like a world leader right there. War hungry world leader. That's childish. He went to the casino, won a load of money, come out and gave it all to a homeless person. Nice streak, boys. Showing he might not necessarily be about the war game. I don't know. I reckon the young, and I'm happy to put Kolarov forward as a. Uh, I was thinking as an option. Or Zabaleta. No, I think Zabaleta liked a red yeah. card. I think he's quite nice. They're all professional fouls, kids. Nah. <laughs> he just does them for the team. He takes. He them takes someone for the team. He is the guy to take one for the team. I reckon Nigel De Jong's the man. You know that. That's that's it. That's that's my feeling anyway. He does like a kung fu. I could kick. definitely see Kolarov loving it out the front line, like a, a little of a lieutenant or something like that. But I don't know if no, he'll be the one orchestrating it. Yeah, yeah, Fez. I do hear that. Got a banging free kick on him as well. I'm not sure we can put He's him down got just for that. Massive left boot. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon De Jong's just. He's God. he's so reckless because he's compensating for something else, so he's quite insecure, isn't it? So I reckon he tries to um, show off his. <laughs> well, no, it's just studying his character development over the years. It's just what I've noticed. That is, uh, that I is reckon, an outrageous claim, to be fair. I Absolutely reckon he's no he's so insecure of his current situation that he just goes and invades countries just to show he is the big man. Yeah, I'll. Slightly hear that in all fairness. I'm all for De Jong here. I'm all for De Jong. Partly, would you personally reckon? go Balotelli? I think he is more likely to lose his head and just like press the big red button, the big nuclear button, rather than over into Jong. I'm personally going to go Kian. with De Jong. Yeah, I was going to say I'm De Jong all the way. So Kian, it's right. up to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with De Jong. So then we obviously have the dictator, 
so most likely to be the world leader who's a dictator. So this man, he don't want anything to do with democracy. He don't want to hear from anyone else's opinion. It's his way or the highway. And lads, who are we saying? Um, that should be Balotelli as well. Yeah, but yeah, um, would people? Obvious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be the young and Balotelli are the two for me, and the young's already taken up, so got to be Balotelli. But I reckon yeah. we can do two, two for one of them. But I'm also now he may be many people's best world leader, which spoiler is the next category. But Vincent Company, he likes a bit of power. And I reckon oh, he's, he's come in. He'd oh, come man. in. All the people would love him. And then he comes in and bang, he's taken over. I'm having none of that. I think company's uh, yeah. a, man, a, man of, uh, a man of... Man of the people. Yeah. No, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like he's got morals. He's got like his morals. I feel company is a fucking great shout for the best one. No way is he dictator. He was he's the, the only captain, shout for the best one. Captain leader legend. He's, he's, a, he's a nice fella as well. I've seen him on like punditry jobs on like a league of their own and things like that and he's actually a nice geezer what are we saying Carlos Tevez great shout great shout he is corrupt but you can have a corrupt dictator that's not unheard of mate a lot of dictators are actually quite corrupt yeah exactly um yeah actually I think Yaya could a little be a bit of a dictator nah too nice he stayed quiet we haven't really mentioned him have we yeah too nice I've got no time for Yaya nah 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 you see what happens he goes crazy He's gone crazy because that Yaya and Kolo song's just going round and round in his head. He's lost his head. He wants ultimate control. He wants the people to stop singing the song. And so he becomes crazy and becomes a dictator. Nah, I'm having none of Yaya Toure. Yaya Toure is a legend, boys. Absolute legend. Edin Dzeko? He's Mm. he's a proper hard nut. Don't think he's got enough about him to be a leader, though. Just don't see it. That's why he's been overlooked. Yeah, I've never seen him from the line. Just been overlooked. I reckon Tevez is a great shout, Kian. To be honest, I'm, I reckon Tevez. Tevez. This dictator, yeah. yeah. He looks right, like a dictator. He does look a bit like a dictator, actually. Lovely stuff. And onto our final category of the episode, and we have most likely to be the best world leader. So this is someone who wants world peace, is keeping the harmony, is keeping everyone happy. He's the ideal kind of person. Who are we saying, lads? I've got three. I've got three that I'm looking at as the guys, right? Go on. One we've already mentioned, Vincent Company. City's captain for years, great leader, seems like a nice guy. No one's ever said a bad word about him in football. Everyone loves him. Think he's a great shout. Um, think he's a man of principles as well. We'll have his like um what's it called? Manifesto. And he'll pull through, he'll follow that. Um Gareth Barry, I know we mentioned him as a little bit corrupt earlier, but dependable, always most Premier League appearances ever by any player. You've got to appreciate that. That shows dependability, reliability. Feel like he does a job, he'd be a decent leader. And the other one, not been mentioned at all yet, James Milner, boys. James Milner. What I'm saying. Uh, what about David Silva? What I'm oh, saying, someone you haven't, none of you mentioned, Micah Richards. Micah, I was going to say, possibly. No chance. He's a fucking joker. But yeah, I thought, I thought he, he wouldn't take it joker. serious enough. He's very he articulate, would though. Take wouldn't take it serious enough. No, I, I reckon he would. I, I was going to say, I reckon James Milner would be a shout, but 
I feel like he's more of a kind of vice president. Your right hand man yeah. will do all the dirty work yeah, for you. I hear that. I don't. He's he gets brought in as captain for Liverpool and a bit for City at times, but he's not really top dog, is he? He's more Mister Dependable. I reckon for me, it's got to be company with a vice president Milner. That's, yeah, that's definitely. Just dream, I would go company vice president David Silva. I, I would, like I would probably say captain and vice captain of that team as well. So it's quite fitting. Now I'd probably put company as top dog, um, kind of Milner as vice, and then as the chauffeur, probably Gareth Barry. You'd have to say <laughs> chauffeur. Yeah, you'd want to watch out. He's going to drive off with the fucking limo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I reckon David Silva's a good shout. He's been around there. He's doing well at Real Sociedad this season, but I just think at the end of the day, you can't really look part, past Vincent, fair, can I you? Zabaleta might be up there. Mm. He seems a top bloke. And he's a good captain. That's been established. Mate, by the way, just uh, I know this is slightly random. You said it a little while ago now, but um, David Silva would definitely have a role in my government, Bali. I do want to put that out there. He's yeah. not president or vice, but he's got a role. He's got a role in my government, boys. Yeah. What's the best role for like a playmaker? Like someone who's making loads of assists. I don't know. Like maybe. Creative department. Is that creative department in um, <laughs> So I reckon I'm saying Vincent Company. I, I don't think there's much. Well, there is debate, but I mean, I don't know if it'll be listened to. No, uh, yeah. Collar off head of war operations, boys. Head of army. Yeah. Yeah, like Gail Clichy, what's he going to be? He's a bit irrelevant. Gail Clichy, is unemployed. Yeah, that guy is not. He's not even been mentioned. He's is he the only one that's not been mentioned? Pantillamon. Yeah, even Pantillamon. Pantillamon's been mentioned. Michael Richards, security guard. He's fucking hedge yeah. now, boys. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's too nice big... to be a security guard. Yeah, hear that? No, I, I think that. he's got a side to him where he gets mad. You've seen Michael that when he's John arguing with Roy Keane. Kind of want Yaya Torre in there somewhere as well. I might even stick Yaya Torre vice president just for Bance. To round off the episode, who are we saying as the best world leader who will guide us on to great things? Got to be the big man company. It's got, it's it's got to be Vincent. And there we go. Vincent Company is your best case scenario world leader. Let's hope he doesn't lose the election to Carlos Tevez or De Jong. Anyway, that's it from this week. And thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening this far as well. Again, we hope it's not a 90 minute special, but I mean, if you're here this far, then you've clearly enjoyed it. Us and the boys will see you next week, same time on Monday. Make sure you're checking out the Instagram page, which is obviously Sons of Pitches 66. And we'll see you next week for more scenarios, more tweets of the week and more of Bartley's amazing football knowledge. Anyway, we'll catch you later and we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.